Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Yesterday, the President of the United States incited an armed insurrection against America. So I believe the President is dangerous and should not hold office one day longer. I joined the Senate Democratic leader in calling on the Vice President to remove this President by immediately invoking the 25th Amendment. If the Vice President and Cabinet do not act, the Congress may be prepared to move forward with impeachment. President Trump has been increasingly isolated for weeks now, and it really, in the last day or two, has gotten even more so. While, you know, Congress and Americans really deal with what has happened this week at the Capitol. Events in Washington have taken a violent and tumultuous turn in the past few hours as thousands of supporters of President Trump stormed the U.S. Capitol building, venting their anger at the victory of Joe Biden in the presidential election. 643, more breaking news this morning out of Washington, where an effort is now underway to remove President Donald Trump in his final days in office. We don't expect to hear much from President Trump, even in his final days in office. And there is talk at the White House. He has spoken to his aides about not even going to the inauguration and leaving town before Joe Biden is sworn into office. I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today, Anita Kumar on what could happen during Donald Trump's final days as president. I would say he's increasingly isolated. He is surrounding himself with just, you know, really a small group of lawyers who have been pushing him to contest the election and telling him that he's going to win. Hello and Happy New Year. This is Rudy Giuliani with Rudy's Common Sense. And that was led by Rudy Giuliani, the former mayor of New York. January 6, 2021 will be a day that lives in history. It'll be on a par with three prior occasions where a dispute of this magnitude occurred in the selection of our president. And of course, he has his chief of staff, Mark Meadows, there. But increasingly, what we're finding is that people are leaving. You know, people have been leaving the White House because the term is coming to an end. And now we've seen after the protests that people are leaving because they disagree with him and they don't want to work for him anymore. All right. uh, Add Elaine Chow to the growing list of uh, Trump cabinet and related officials who are leaving now rather than sticking around for another 13 days. Uh, She writes, our country experienced a traumatic and entirely avoidable event as supporters of the president stormed the Capitol building following a rally that he addressed. You know, this is one of his last weekends uh, before the inauguration in in less than two weeks. And, you know, his one way of sort of getting his message out is through social media. And obviously with Facebook banning him, he's not been able to do that. But last night on Twitter, where a ban was lifted on President Trump, he issued a video statement more than 24 hours after the violence at the Capitol, after he incited his supporters and called for them to take action, where he condemned the violence. Like all Americans, I am outraged by the violence, lawlessness, and mayhem. And also offered the closest thing we've seen yet to a concession, saying he's focused on the presidential transition. A new administration will be inaugurated on January 20th, 
My focus now turns to ensuring a smooth, orderly, and seamless transition of power. But there are lawmakers, both Democratic and Republican, calling for President Trump's removal from office after what happened on Wednesday. He may have only 13 days left as president, but yesterday demonstrated that each and every one of those days is a threat to democracy so long as he is in power either through the 25th Amendment or through impeachment. At this point, how likely do you think either of those things happening is? Well, from what I've understood talking to various people about the process to remove a president, it's just not a quick process. It's not like they're just going to say, we want it done today. You know, there's certain procedures that have to be, you know, adhered to. Obviously, with impeachment, it's quite a long process. There's a trial. You know, there's, there's, uh, you know, just a long process where the president's attorneys are involved. All that's to say that everybody I've talked to says it's very unlikely he could be removed from office in less than two weeks. Um, that it is important for people that believe he should be removed to come out and say it, but that even they know that it's very unlikely to happen. As of where things stand right now, Donald Trump will remain in the White House for nearly two more weeks. What can he do over that time period? And what do you, as someone who's been tracking his movements over the past four years, what do you expect him to do? Well, he's the president, so he can do everything that he has been doing. And we expect him really to continue to do a couple things. One, you know, not so much him personally, but his administration is really trying to finish up some of the policies that they started on that they wanted to get done because they know that Joe Biden's going to come in and try to change it. For him, more personally, uh, we know that he is looking at a series of pardons. Um, you know, you'll remember that we've already seen batches of pardons for some of his friends and associates. President Trump delivering an early Christmas surprise overnight, pardoning more than two dozen people, including some key political allies. Former campaign chairman Paul Manafort pled guilty to financial fraud and then lying to investigators. We expect a good number of more, more batches coming in the next, you know, couple weeks of people that that are friends, people that he's heard about from friends, possibly even family members, possibly even attorneys. You mentioned that Trump is increasingly surrounded by a smaller circle and that top leaders in the federal government are resigning from their posts, have been resigning and more so are after what happened on Wednesday at the Capitol. Is there any legitimate fear that the country could be vulnerable here if we're in a situation where people at the top levels have resigned and we remain with a White House with just Trump and a smaller and smaller inner circle at the center of it? Yeah, I think there are people that are, and not just Democrats, there are Republicans too, that are fearful for what President Trump could do. Because increasingly, he is just making decisions and not sort of running them by anyone and not getting no from not hearing from anyone that he shouldn't do it. You know, on the day that Congress was meeting, his top aide, Jared Kushner, his son-in-law, wasn't even at the White House. He was coming back from a trip to the Middle East. So he just hasn't had people around him to talk to, but people around him that are going to tell him no, people around him that are being realistic with him about what he should be doing the next couple of weeks. At the end of the day, what sort of damage do you think what we saw on Wednesday and what Trump has done to the White House, 
What sort of damage do you think it does to the federal government and the Republican Party? Well, the Republican Party is divided. And and you might say, well, they're always divided. And that's true. Both political parties are always divided. But, you know, I've been talking to Republicans who say that they're more divided than they than they have been before, just after these two months where he's really tried to, you know, ask Republicans, push Republicans to side with him on the election. This election dispute has divided the party in a way that it just really hasn't before. Um, so there's that. But it also undermines Joe Biden's presidency. It, you know, tens of millions of Americans don't believe he's the legitimate president or he's not going to be the legitimate president. And so many Americans don't believe in our elections. So that's not this presidential election. That's the next one for a Senate or your governor. People don't believe the electoral process. And I was speaking to presidential historian who was saying, you know, after something like this, and he was talking about when Nixon resigned, after something like this has happened, it takes years to get back that trust um, and to and to heal. That was the word he used. And so he had predicted it's going to take two to 10 years for the country to heal from what Donald Trump's, he called, abuses of power, for what Donald Trump has done these last couple months. Anita Kumar, thanks so much for talking with me. Thanks for having me. Also, today... The health department is working to provide alternative COVID testing for Congress after the FDA warned that the test lawmakers have relied on is prone to false results. Accurate testing for the House and Senate took on even greater importance this week after Wednesday's riots when waves of maskless Trump supporters breached the Capitol building and forced lawmakers, staff and reporters to shelter in close quarters for hours. Several Democrats have also said that some GOP members did not adequately adhere to mask wearing. Earlier this week, the FDA raised concern about the performance of the test used by several major cities as well as Congress, saying it carries a, quote, risk of false results, particularly false negative results. It's unclear what type of coronavirus tests HHS now hopes to provide to the office of the attending physician. And... The Small Business Administration plans to give priority to minority-owned businesses that have struggled to obtain coronavirus aid when the agency relaunches its Paycheck Protection Program. The program, which has $285 billion in new funding as part of the COVID plan that became law last month, allows businesses to convert loans into grants if they agree to maintain payroll. Last year's rollout of the program doled out $525 billion in loans to some 5 million borrowers, but it was marred by complaints that bigger, well-financed businesses like Shake Shack and the L.A. Lakers were the first to benefit, and that traditionally underserved communities were initially overlooked in the hurried launch. The Politico Dispatch production team includes Jenny Ament and Sadeep Reddy. Our executive producer is Irene Noguchi. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.